Welcome to the Sleep Fairy Way podcast. I'm your host, Jessalyn Romney, a baby sleep consultant and a mother of four. I'm here to teach you everything I know about baby sleep, motherhood, postpartum, and more. I'm so happy you're here. Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so excited because I have postpartum coach Lizzie Langston here today. And I had the honor of being on her podcast maybe a year ago. And now it is the honor to have her on mine. And she's going to share so much knowledge with us today. Lizzie, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Jocelyn. It's so good to be here. It's so I love good to have you. I world here. of sleep training. So it's fun to bring, <laughs> it's fun to bring the postpartum mental health piece in. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, uh, the postpartum mental health is a huge part of sleep training, I think. So oh, I feel like our words collide. Hand. Yeah, our, words, our, our worlds collide perfectly. Yes. Um, it's so great. Okay, real quick, I just want you to give a brief introduction of yourself. Like, yeah, tell us a little bit about you, your family, and what got you into being a postpartum coach anyways? What was what was kind of the kickstart to that? Oh, good. This is such a good question. Such a fun thing to talk about. So hi, everyone. My name's Lizzie Langston. Um, I lucked out with a good last name <laughs> when I got married. <laughs> so I like saying it. <laughs> Don't indulge me. Okay. That does um, flow really well. <laughs> thank you. I had three kids in four years. So I have three kids. I'm pregnant with my fourth. I'm due in June. We don't know the gender yet. Um, oh, are and- you waiting? Are you waiting? No, no, no. We're going to find out. I just have been slow. It's my fourth baby. I'm like, eh, we'll get the anatomy scan. We'll get there eventually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're living in Mesa, Arizona, but we were in Costa Rica for seven months before that and Denver before that. So I love Denver and Arizona and Costa Rica. (laughs) We love the island life. And um, yeah, what got me into postpartum was having, I had really bad birth trauma with my first. So I developed preeclampsia, but didn't know it. And then went in for my regular checkup at 38 weeks and some change. And they were like, you're going to have a baby today. Um, And then I ended up hemorrhaging postpartum. And so that was a really steep recovery. Um, My mental health did okay that time, but physically it was rough. Um, But then the mental health piece really struggled after my second baby um, my daughter. So I gave birth with the same doctor, same hospital, and just went into sort of a panicked mode, but didn't know what was happening to me. So all I knew when I was in the hospital postpartum after having my second was that I, I couldn't breathe well. And I didn't know why I literally didn't even know it was anxiety. I couldn't identify that. I knew nothing about the it all. I didn't know anything. I had been a happy go lucky person my whole life. So depression and anxiety just really weren't on my radar. So I completely missed it. (laughs) Um, struggled really bad postpartum for a few months with my daughter with anxiety, panic attacks. Um, I was so embarrassed about it. My, my close, close family was concerned and also confused, like what's going on? Why is this happening? So I mean, this was almost a decade ago, so there wasn't really as much awareness and language like there is today, which I'm really proud of. Not that I've been the only one to do that work, but I think more women have just been sharing their stories. I'm proud of women collectively for speaking up for each other. But anyway, so fast forward to baby number three. Oh, and I got depressive. So anxiety and then depressiveness, borderline, like I wasn't planning suicide, but I was like, I don't know how to get through this, how to escape it. My life, I couldn't recognize myself. I didn't like how I was showing up with my kids, my husband. It was like my whole world just got rocked after second baby. 
Um, got on antidepressants. That was the only world I knew was mainstream medical. So I just went to my OB. They gave me fluoxetine. Things were better slowly. It, it was like really heavy. And then um, with my third though, I decided let's switch it up. No hospital birth. We're going to do a birth center. We're going to do midwives instead of a doctor. We're going to do unmedicated. We're going to see if we can you know, avoid the depression and anxiety postpartum. And um, like, I'm so happy I did that. And I still was depressed a few months later and anxious. And I was devastated about that. And my antidepressants were no longer doing anything. We had even upped the dosage together with the midwives. And so that was the point that really, when you ask like what brought you into postpartum, it was a deep reaching inward and also upward to the universe, to God. And I was like, listen, I just remember having a very real come to Jesus. My we had actually sold our home. <laughs> it's a kind of a dramatic story, so hang with me. But we had sold our home um, and we moved in with my in-laws because I wasn't functioning well um, with the kids and I was having really scary, intrusive thoughts. And so that was the point I was at. It was quite intense. I really try to help women not even get to that point. Yeah. There's so much I can do to help. There's so much women can do to help themselves not get there. But because I didn't have the world of help that I now provide, that's where I was. And so moved in with the in-laws and they, um, they were so sweet. They took my baby and sent my husband and I on a little trip for a few days. And they were like, just figure out a game breathe. plan. Like, like just breathe yeah. and come up. Okay. How are you going to heal? And because yeah. I had tried therapy through the birth center, um, I had tried and it, 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 you know, I don't, I don't speak negatively of therapy because I actually have used a therapist since I, I think there's a total place for therapy, but at that time, for whatever reason, that therapist, cause every therapist and every life coach is different. It was more of like a, you know, tell your husband, you need to do these things and I'll write them down and I'll sign it. You know, kind of like, she was like, not teaching me how to advocate, not teaching me how to care for myself. She was just sort of, anyway, and so that wasn't working. I tried a local support group at the hospital. I tried antidepressants. So at this point I was like out of options and terrified. And my family was also that way. And that's when I was like, I just prayed. And I was like, if you guide me to a solution and help me, I will dedicate my life to postpartum women and to this, this mental health because I get that people have a hard time postpartum, but I don't think anybody should feel this lost and this confused and this blindsided. It's so, so scary. And that's when I found coaching and little by little, the universe has just kept feeding me things and solutions and healing and teaching me about the nervous system and trauma. And so basically it's all beautifully come together as the postpartum coach brand and my process that I teach in my program. But it's been a journey and it still is oh like it gosh. always will be. <laughs> Lizzie, I just, well, first of all, I just want to thank you for sharing that because that is such a relatable story. I, I think we'll be, I don't, I don't even know if surprised is the right word because now it doesn't even surprise me, but I think that, um, it'll be sad to see how many women are currently in that situation yeah. or have been in that situation and just kind of gave up because like you, they tried what they felt like was everything. And they're like, well, I guess this is just my life now. Like, yeah and they don't really know where to go from yeah. there. So I just I just applaud you for taking it one step further and being like, listen, like universe, God help me out because this has to change. And also I need to help other people change. So yeah, you're amazing. Um, thank, you. thank you for sharing that story. And I, I just know that's gonna, uh, it's very relatable. It's gonna sit well with a lot of people and help a lot of people recognize like, oh, I'm yeah. not alone. 
I hope so. I'm not the only one. Yeah. Even if somebody wasn't to come work with me, if they could just recognize like, oh, I think this is anxiety. Like even if you, because that's the hardest part is when you're in it and you don't know you're in it yet because you can't yep. put a name on it. You can't start getting help. And so that's my number one goal in like my platforms is to really educate women about like, this is what this, like anxiety looks like this, depression can look like this. Trauma in your nervous system presenting itself and coming up to be released looks like this. Um, and then we can go from there. Then I yeah. have a program that can help. So, yeah. Okay. Can you, can you tell me like, I know, I know you go through this in your program and all your resources, so I don't yeah. want you to like give too much away, but can you give us just like okay. one, like, what is your number one thing to look for, for anxiety, postpartum, depression, postpartum, and also trauma? Like what is one thing to look for in each of those categories yeah. so yeah. that women can just be aware? Okay. I'm going to say it in mom language and then I'm going to explain it in like trauma-informed great language. Mom languages, I just don't feel like myself. I just never felt good again after baby. I haven't felt normal since I had my baby. That's how moms say it. And it can be literally like four years later, you, you still don't feel right. I was actually just talking to this lady at church um, and she was telling me about a sister-in-law she has. And this sister-in-law, she's like, we all feel like she's just not ever been the same since she had her baby. And oh. not like in a gossipy way, but like we're all concerned. And so anyway, it's like that kind of a thing where it's something just snapped in you or shifted and you just can't, ha you haven't been able to find your baseline okay your personal normal for you again functioning like your rhythm you know all these words that we have so okay that's, no, that's like really good to know to i feel like that's kind of what i mean that's that's a perfect way to describe it when i because i didn't know i had postpartum after my second as well for like six months and i remember like talking to my husband like i don't know what to do and i remember telling him like everyone i've talked to about this just says oh it'll get better it'll get better and i'm like but at what point does it get better and at what point am i like you know what i need help yeah so yeah, it's your I suffering how, threshold essentially yeah so how soon can you recognize that how soon can that can that happen like delivery or should you give it a few months i usually say like the baby blues are rough like you're gonna cry no matter what while your hormones are evening out but is there a point where you're like okay it's been this long i should get help honestly that that's gonna be a question that every person answers for themselves. Okay. Me, me now, like, because of, I think the answer to that comes in how much do you value your mental health essentially? Because when you, when you see it deteriorate and wither away before your eyes and you watch, you know, everything with your, I like get emotional, but everything with your partner feels off. You're picking fights. You don't want to have sex. You cannot stop worrying about the way he handles the baby or whatever. Like it just tears you guys apart. And when you see yourself like totally checked out with your kids, you're going through the motions, but you are numb. Your brain's not there. Like when you've lived that, your threshold just changes completely. <laughs> I'm like both, making you cry, sorry. We're both crying because <laughs> we've both yeah. been there. We've been there. Yeah, like, yeah. So we've for been me- there and it's hard. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, there won't be a day that I don't have support. I'm going to have this fourth baby and you better believe I've already started a savings account to bring in anybody I want. Do I want a massage? Do I want, what do I want today? It's going to be there. Like, yeah. because I've, I've witnessed the opposite end. So, but for mm -hmm. some women, they, they might be, this might be their first experience and there's no judgment. This is just going to be different. Everybody's threshold is different. Everybody's perspective is different. For some women, it could be months of, of that feeling. Um, I think, again, the important part is, can you see 
the disparity. And usually it's like your partner will tell you or like a best friend or a mom will be like, honey, you just don't seem like yourself, but we can feel it. And hopefully we need to be the ones too, but it's nice when other people can help. But I would like, if I had to pick a number, I would say by six to eight weeks, if you're still low, it's time to start talking about it with your, with your partner. Like, okay. Um, if this doesn't get better, what, what, how much are we willing to invest? Um, you start following people on Instagram, getting yourself out there, asking your network who, who is, who has had postpartum issues. You know, that doesn't mean you have to post it on Facebook. You can like, you know, ask your besties, but, um, I would start, start formulating a plan, but ult like ideally, ideally you have a plan, a support plan in place before baby comes. Before. Oh yes. Okay. I'm so you know, glad you you've that. identified the exact program you would do or the exact course you would buy or the whatever. Yeah. Um, Okay. That's so good. Yeah. I, cause I usually say like, yeah, those baby blues, like the first three to four weeks, you, when your hormones are evening out, you're going to cry all the time. It's kind of hard to recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, but with my fourth, because I knew what it felt like, even though I was in the thick of those baby blues, I knew, I knew my depression was coming in. I, I could tell the difference cause I had been there before. Yeah. So I that's think the advantage when you've yeah, been there it, before. Yes. So I think just educating yourself beforehand is huge and having a plan beforehand is huge. So yeah. Thank you for saying that. And I, I totally agree. Like six to eight weeks is like the longest, I would say. Like, Yeah. Yep. There's yeah. no reason to let it go past that. And and frankly, it does just – it's just bad news when you let it just sit there because you can quickly sort of spiral. And I don't say that to scare people. It's just – it's literally what, what I see happen. And so yeah. you want to introduce tools and support and all of that. I agree. I agree. Okay. And thank you for saying that. And I also, I just wanted to kind of talk about too, the like, it'll get better. It'll get better. Like nobody knows you better than you. Yeah. Even though you don't know it in the moment, you're like, oh, I'm so confused. I'm lost. I don't know what I'm feeling. Like, but you know that something's off. Mm-hmm. And so when people are sitting there saying like, I know it's hard. It'll get better. It'll get better. It's like, no, yeah. like listen to yourself, trust yourself yeah. and understand that if your body is telling you that something's off, something is off. Yeah. Can I talk about that a little bit? Like, um, maybe some things to look for in yourself. Please do. Yeah. Especially if you're a first time mom, or maybe this isn't your first baby, but this is the first time you have felt like something's off. Mm -hmm. So some things to look for. And some of this comes from textbook definition, like postpartum depression. Some of it just comes from a lot of clients and lived experience for myself. Um, so it, it can be anything like physical from, um, a wonky appetite. Usually it's, you err on the side of lack of appetite. Um, if you're, if like, for example, if you normally love treats and desserts and they just don't excite you anymore and you're just not interested, like that's a red flag. Um, basically you want to kind of follow that. If you want to call it dopamine, but like things that would make you happy and get you excited. If those are no longer working, then we have a concern. We want to take a deeper look at what's going on. Um, also if, if your patterns of thinking are scarier, um, more like down the rabbit holes, like you feel like you can't control your thoughts, mm-hmm. that is so scary. And women are so afraid of that, but I promise you there's so much hope. I promise. Mm-hmm. I just have to put that out there real quick because that was probably my scariest thing is like imagining babies drowning or just all the horrible, scary things that our brains show to us when we're like moms. And there really are things you can do. There really are ways to um, balance your mind and body back out postpartum. Um, and you shouldn't feel ashamed of that. I think yeah. that I think that one of the hugest things that I've noticed 
when I talk to people who are willing to open up and willing to admit it, which is very rare, I have found most people aren't willing to admit that. But right. when people do open it up, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but I had this thought the other day when my baby was screaming. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that is your body telling you that like something is wrong and maybe you should seek help, but you shouldn't be ashamed of that. You shouldn't right. be so embarrassed that you're not willing to talk about it and just let it simmer in your brain. Yeah. One of my favorite thoughts with that is you are not your thoughts and you are not your brain. And Mm -hmm. so there is a difference between your thoughts and who you are. And I think especially in Christendom, but but I think even outside of it, we just have this habit of kind of like assigning a moral judgment to ourselves based on our thinking, our thoughts. But like there is just this human brain that you live with that is not you and you're separate from it and it will present you with strange thoughts sometimes, especially if you're sleep deprived, especially if you are having mineral deficiencies um, and all the things. And um, it's not something that you need to judge yourself on. Definitely not. It's just a flag that you could use some support and let's start thinking of what that support needs to be. Totally. Okay. Thank you for saying that. That was so good. So good. Okay. Did you want to, did you want to add anything else yeah, to that? I, just a couple other things to look for just again, yeah. to help you draw awareness. If you notice that it's like really exhausting to be around happy people and, and normally it didn't used to be, you used to enjoy being with them, but now it's like, you have to like really hugely draw from the depths of you to even just pretend through a conversation to be how you used to be that's definitely a red flag like if your social interactions or if you're avoiding or withdrawing from social like a lot more than you need to it's one thing if you're like oh it's so much work to get out of the house but if you just are constantly like canceling things and not reaching out not responding that's just another sign as well so those are just some of the basics but yeah yeah okay those are so good to look for and those i love that you gave us everyday examples because i think like i said those are just those are just really relatable they're not extreme they're everyday things that can happen if you're if you're in this state yeah. of struggling with postpartum depression, anxiety, trauma, all that stuff. Yes. Um, okay. So we kind of talked about basically what to look for, you know, yeah. like, what is it? What is it? Um, can you tell us like, how does this happen? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> how does this happen? Yeah. Okay. I think there's a few factors. Um, let's talk about the nervous system. Okay. And I'm constantly learning too, but I'm going to try my best to just put out what I have learned because it's really brought me a lot of peace and it's helped me develop like a curriculum and skills and all the things. So basically the first thing you need to know, the basics is that your nervous system, which is basically like your, the connection between your brain and your stress hormones. So basically like you getting worked up and you calming down, that's your nervous system's doing. So if you get triggered, like people like to call it, right? If we get triggered or we get upset, we're getting escalated. We're going into our sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight, freeze, fawn, like all that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we come back down. That's our parasympathetic. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But long story short, like your nervous system, what it does your whole life long is it stores trauma. So if you were seven years old and your grandpa died and you were really close to your grandpa and you didn't really have the language and the tools to be able to process like what is death and where do people go after they die and all these things, all these questions that are so big and we're so little, then um, oftentimes what happens is your body will just sort of like tuck it away for you for later. And Mm. then your older self can go back and better understand those things and heal your younger self. So it's kind of trippy to think about it, but 
when it comes to trauma and the things that are stored in our bodies that can come up postpartum and start, start creating problems like anxiety and depression, um, there is, it's not linear. It's sort of like, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, um, like if you're freezing an embryo to then be able to conceive later, it's like your nervous system kind of does that. It freezes things to be able to take back out later at a better time. Now here's the kicker is we don't actually get to choose, you know, you can go to a therapy session and be like, all right, I'm here to talk about my childhood trauma. And it might not like come up for you because there has to be the right setting that you have to feel a certain level of safety with your person that you're talking to or, or in the setting that you're in. And you also like your nervous system looks for things like, okay, if I bring up this big trauma and I get sort of dysregulated and out of sorts for a few days or weeks because I'm really upset because I'm grieving my, the death of my grandpa when I was seven, do I have the bandwidth to handle that? Because if the answer is no, it's probably not going to come up either. So it's really fascinating. Does this make sense? Like, yes, no, that is super fascinating. I'm just, I, that makes so much sense. Um, and I understand that I'm now I want to understand why would our body feel safe to let it all out postpartum? Yeah. Let's talk about that. So, um, a couple things. Number one, I have, I have a couple theories and like, if the truth is nobody really knows everybody's okay. bodies are, are doing what they're doing. And I don't think that the things that I'm talking about are the only things that contribute to the, to the development of the symptoms of depressiveness and anxiety. For okay. example, like sleep deprivation really can be a thing that when it's helped, a lot of this stuff can be like lifted in a big way, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes you can get the sleep and still be feeling like not good mentally and emotionally. Also mineral, you know, like the actual chemical makeup in your body, if you have deficiencies, that really can actually impact your mental health, mm -hmm. but so can trauma. And so that's kind of my domain and where I help women. And, um, and you can kind of just ask yourself, like, is this, do I think this is trauma? Do I think this is, did you have birth trauma? Like, that's a really good, if you had, a, if you know, you were raised like in a really rough way, or you had really traumatic things happen to you growing up. Um, and also birth trauma, you're way more likely to experience depression and have trauma come up postpartum. But why I think it comes up postpartum personally, like what makes sense to me is now we're having a baby and we're becoming a parent again, whether it's your first, second, third baby at some point, it's like, let's just get this stuff taken care of so that the next generation doesn't have to have it on their shoulders. Like the, the patterns, you know, the generational patterns, the, um, like if you, epigenetics is the study of how, well, it's probably a few different things, but, oh, sorry. One thing they study is how trauma gets passed down in the genes of different families. Like for mm -hmm. example, people who were in the Holocaust, they've noticed different distinctive patterns in the mental, emotional well-being of later generations of really traumatic events, events like that. And mm -hmm. women have had a lot of trauma, like just women. And so, yeah, there could be a lot of, whether, whether it's epigenetically or I don't want to like overwhelm e either with this, but um, I do think that there, there could be something to do with like wanting to spare the next generation and also just, um, Another thing is that when you have children, sometimes your wounded inner child, especially as your kids get a little bit older, like six, seven, eight, nine years old, if you had trauma at those ages, it can kind of re-trigger when you see your children because your psyches are kind of connected and your nervous systems can be connected. Yeah. So those are that just a couple of so crazy. Yeah. That is so it's so I mean, it's so crazy, but it's so cool how our bodies work. Yeah. And the fact that we can understand it so then we can figure it out and help yeah. it. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about figuring it out and helping it? Cause I feel like what, what, yes. what I just said could be really overwhelming and like, oh my gosh. So it could be minerals. It could be sleep. It could be travel. <laughs> How are we supposed to even do no. like right now? Well, as you're saying, to raise a baby. <laughs> well, as you're saying all these things, it's like just kind of taking me back because so I didn't have postpartum. I mean, I'm, I might've with my first, but I didn't, I don't know. I don't think I did. But with my second, it's like the whole, like he was sleeping 12 hours. I was wide awake all night. Like I normally, I have the biggest sweet tooth of all time. Like I am a dessert before dinner kind of person and nothing ever sounded good to me. So I was dropping weight so fast postpartum, not because I was exercising or anything, but because I literally wasn't eating and it wasn't good. Like all of these things you're saying to me are like, oh, this all happened to me. But my (laughs) birth with him was not traumatic at all, but trying to get pregnant with him was. Yeah. And I've heard the infertility can also impact that as well. Oh my gosh. I, we had to try for three months um, for this baby that I'm pregnant with. And that's actually the longest we've ever had to try. And oh my it, gosh. it was like the smallest little window. I, I know it was nothing compared to what other women go through. And it gave me just a small little taste of the freaking mind F that infertility can be when your desire and your instinct for that baby to come is so real and strong. I just had to say like, bless yeah. you to all of you who have struggled with infertility. And I've seen it very uphand and, and personal in my up, up close and personal in my little family circle. And yeah, yeah it's, no I mean, straight up, it sucks. Oh, I get that. Yeah. Like, I, I hear you. It is. Yeah. It's heart wrenching, but, um, I've heard that with infertility that can also, because it wasn't like this, Oh, beautiful here. We made a baby right away. It's like, no, this actually caused a lot of heartache and trauma and money money and like (laughs) everything to get this baby here and then the baby's finally here and you're supposed to be like so overjoyed and like oh my gosh finally we waited so long and actually it's like yeah yeah what did i just go through yeah and sometimes every single day of pregnancy is scary because you're like am i going to keep the baby now i did all this work to get the baby and so finally your nervous system so you're okay so let's talk about this because real quick a little supplemental thing to what i've already said and then we'll talk about how how to move through it. I kind of want to, yeah, I want to, don't worry guys. We're not going to get the solution. (laughs) We're going to get to the solution. There is so much hope. I promise. I wouldn't just put all of the darkness on you without (laughs) giving you all the good things. But, um, the crazy thing is you can be in what's called a functional freeze. And I want everybody to remember this. Okay. Functional freeze. So, so like, um, let's not think about it as fight or flight or freeze. You don't have to try to figure out, okay, which one am I in? It's really more about how good is my level of functioning, which again, The easy way to say that is how normal do I feel? So, um, you, when you were going through infertility, let's say that was like a big challenge and you were trying to get pregnant and then you even got pregnant. My guess is that your nervous system was activated to some degree, just stressed. We could just call it stressed, like coordinating appointments. And every time you put the shots in or however you did it. Right. And like the conversations with hubby and watching your husband have his ups and downs and then explaining why you still don't have a baby to your other kids. Like I can just imagine there are so many pieces to that. So that's like work for our nervous system. That's going to take us up a couple levels. And that just means more cortisol, more stress. And, um, so if we're not aware that we're activated and we're in this we're, we're functional, but we're sort of in a freeze or we're functional fighting or we're functional flighting, whatever. Like if we're in a mm-hmm. functional activated nervous system state, eventually we're, we are going to need to come back down. We can't sustain that. And that's where we get a lot of the crashes. And for you, oh. it just so happened that it all kind of hit postpartum, which is really inconvenient, but I just like actually, blew my mind. 
<laughs> Did I blow your mind? Tell you me. Blew my, tell me. You're no, you you blew my mind because like it just makes so much sense because I what like I mean that was like probably the hardest two years. I mean, I just can't even I just I don't know. I just can't even explain how many tears were shed during those two years. I'm like, and honey, so I wish when I was we were finally happy. when we were finally I was finally pregnant with him and then I remember we were at my in laws for Sunday dinner. I went to the bathroom and I had some spotting and I was like, I have to go home. Like I can't, like I couldn't even come out of the bathroom. I'm going to cry talking about it because it was so so traumatic. And I was like, I just lost the baby. Like I just lost the baby. And after all that, like, you know, and then um, I went home and I called my doctor and they got me in the next day and he was fine and he's fine and he's healthy and wonderful and all those things. But which does, I know that that doesn't always, you know, happen for everybody, but the ride that that was. Every, yeah, every single pain and cramp and movement, and everything was like, oh my gosh, did I just lose the baby? Like, okay, so, so you said that, that, that was that height, but I had a toddler. So I was still going through yeah. everyday motions of like, okay, we got to get ready for preschool. I got to clean, we got a potty train. We got like, I was doing all of these everyday life things, but at the drop of the hat, I was like melting down. But that makes sense because I never felt, I never came back down. I was always in that heightened state. So you saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And then after he was here, it's like, okay, he's in my arms, crash, like break time for the nervous system. And then I like crashed, like deep crash. Yeah. So what I try to do when I work with people and in hindsight, wouldn't it have been cool if you could have done this, but you didn't know, I didn't know, right. we didn't know, we were babies. We didn't know. <laughs> babies, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but what what would have been awesome is if you would have had someone in your corner being like, oh, you seem activated today, kind of reflecting back to you like how activated you were mm-hmm. and helping giving, giving you ways and discovering ways that your body and mind responded to that would bring you back down, even if just for little pockets of moments yeah. so that you were getting you were going into that parasympathetic, the resting and replenishing mode. Mm -hmm. So we have the activated mode and the resting and replenishing. And the biggest problems come when we stay in the activated mode too much, too long, then you really burn, crash and burn. So Mm -hmm. that's, um, we call that dysregulation, right? We like we're up, we're Mm -hmm. act, we, we might be even functional when we're at this peak nervous system, but then we get into really big dysfunction and we're so confused about it. So that's why, um, that's what I teach people to do essentially is like that really getting very intimate with their mind and body, noticing when they're activated, bringing themselves back down throughout the day, touching that baseline throughout the day. It's kind of like if your baby, like you have a baby that's crying a lot, a newborn, um, if she's just crying all day long, like it's starting to get really, really, really concerning. Right. And then she could Mm -hmm. crash and sleep way too long and meet, miss her feedings and all the things. And so our goal as mom is to try to soothe her and bring her back to the baseline. And then she might still get worked up later, but now she's been able to rest and eat and sleep, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's what we essentially need to learn to do with ourselves amidst raising the baby. Okay. I'm sure you're going to, sorry. I feel like I could talk to you all day. Um, I'm sure you talk about this again in your program and in your course and everything, but is there like a a basic, because I mean, as you know, a lot of us have like toddlers running around on countertops and like dumping things and just like being crazy all the time. How can you bring yourself down? Like, what if you only have like two minutes? Like, what if you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to close the door. I have like two to three minutes and I'm, I feel heightened. I'm like, I'm going to explode. What can you do to bring yourself back to that baseline? Can you do anything in that short amount of time? Or do you have to set aside like 30 minutes to calm down? 
No, I will, I will tell you what I do and I will tell you what you can do. I will also say though that um, the best thing you can do is give these patterns of getting worked up and like look like um, working on this when you're not worked up, which is why, for example, my program is so valuable because we're, we're meeting every week and we're talking about the week, right? And your toddler isn't on the counter when you're on my call, your toddler's in bed or you're with your partner. So you're in a chilled out mostly state. Okay. And so you're able to sort of in your, you're able to leverage your calmness and broaden and like strengthens your baseline and that builds up over time so while i can give you 911 sort of tools is what i call them yeah. to go run in the bathroom and breathe for a minute your yeah. best option is to set aside time when you're not escalated mm-hmm. to look at why you're getting so escalated what escalated you identify patterns and build trust with some of these tools that you will use when you are escalated that's a huge part of of um it's essentially so it's connection with yourself right if you're because our babies come and they just have that connection with us it's so great like we might not always feel it but they have it they have they're synced like they know how to cry to get us to feed them and all the things um and so anyway i lost my train of thought but basically yeah like i can but i will i want to tell you what i do when i have those moments but i will tell you that the way to make those moments most effective is to spend time when you're not escalated um identifying patterns like and practicing the tools i know that's not so funny no no but okay it's just these like duh moments for me are like duh duh because (laughs) like for example every week we're trying to have these family meetings okay it's like 10 minutes at the dinner table on mondays we're talking about like basically how to contribute to society, how to be a good human. So this week, our lesson was on how to properly apologize because, you know, kids are like, oh, sorry. And so we're like, hey, you look somebody in the eye. You tell them exactly what you're sorry for. And then you tell them that, like, I will try harder next time. Like there are components to a a good apology. So we're going around the table and we're practicing. And one of my kids is like, why are we even doing this? This is so awkward doing it when we're not even having to say sorry to someone. And I'm like, I said exactly what you said. I'm like, you have to practice before it happens because then when the moment comes and you're feeling frustrated, you already know what to do. You've practiced, you know what to do. You can take a deep breath and you can properly apologize because you've practiced it before, which is exactly what you're saying. Like, so (laughs) so I'm like, yeah, like what we teach our kids is what we need to hear too. Totally. Look at you nailing it over there, mom. <laughs> no, look at no, you. We have, we we have a this lot already. of work to do. <laughs> well, I think because there's logical knowing and then there's the emotional implementation. Like, so when the emotions are high, the logic is low. And so um, if we're practicing when emotions are low, our logic is high and we're really grasping and understanding and really getting like all the way wrapped around these tools. So then when emotion is high, we don't need a lot of logic to be able to implement it. It's the same reason you don't have to think about brushing your teeth because you've done it so many times. Like it's just on autopilot. And that's what I want to help women get to is like basically all of these self-soothing things are like easy but they're not at first i'm not gonna lie to you like at first yeah. you're gonna be like oh i lost my shiz again like i yeah i exploded on my kids again and it's like okay yeah so let's look at it and then but yeah. little by little it's like oh my gosh and then the best is when people start having breakthroughs and stuff so okay oh that's amazing okay so that kind of that kind of covers like how we move through it right yep. like practicing and doing the it what? when you're when you're yeah. down low mm-hmm right 
So, um, I guess okay, I never and, shared what I, oh, I never oh, shared yeah. what I said I would share when yeah, I go in the, the bathroom, when I have to hide myself in the bathroom, yes, I give just me that. breathe. Listen, I breathe. And I know that's like, everybody talks about that, but okay, there's I so have, many different types of breathing. So what yeah. kind of breathing? Okay. Do you do? So I focus on like four seconds in and six seconds out. And I find okay. that counting the seconds gives my brain something because what we're wanting to do is get your brain to go away from all of the drama that it's spinning around, like, mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I'm so mad at my kid or, oh my gosh, my husband is still not home from work or whatever. And we want to come to like a center point. And so for me, just breathing, like when I breathe and I'm like, what in my brain, I'm like one, two, three, four. And then I enjoy that arc at the top of the breath where it's like, you're not breathing in, but you're not breathing out. And it's like my special moment. And then it's, and it's six counts out. And sometimes I can't do it that metered because I'm too worked up. It's a shorter breath. Okay. I just meet myself where I am. Um, and when I go to the breath, I always feel compassion for myself, but that's something I've practiced and trained myself to do. Okay. So my breath is like this sacred space that nobody can get in. Like when I'm going to be laboring with not, without medication, I will be breathing and it will be my space yeah. that I'm in, but I've, I've done a lot of work to create it to be so powerful for me. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, no, that makes perfect yeah. sense. And I love, I love the tip to count because I see what you're saying. Like when I'm trying to like, okay, just breathe, just breathe. I'm like, my yeah. mind is still like, oh, like I can't like yeah. get the, the drama out of my brain. Like you said, so just focusing on the numbers. Yep. Like even if I could just do that three times, then I could walk out of the bathroom and be like, okay, so yeah. we don't hit people in the face. And then I could like talk through whatever yeah. situation we're facing. Yeah. Okay. So again, oh, the, so the, the effectiveness will come from all of the times you're not escalated that you're, mm-hmm. you're working on it. But yes, but that is what. But if you need a nine one one moment, that's where you go. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So I'm gonna like slowly wrap this up because yeah. you just have so much information. But I want to talk about real quick. You have a course open right now. You have a program, <laughs> and it's a twelve week program. That's so, teaching with lifetime in, access with lifetime <laughs> access, which is amazing because Don't I, yeah. I've, I've learned that a lot of people will like revoke access once you're through the program, but this program, I want you, I want you to tell us about it. And I also, then we'll kind of talk about, um, my role in this. Ooh, <laughs> it's, a tiny, yeah. it's a tiny one, getting on board. just a tiny little role in this, but, um, tell us about your program. Tell us what it's going to teach you. Tell us who it's for and tell us, you know, what you're going to get out of it. Oh my gosh. Cool. Yes. So this program is the accumulation of four years of coaching postpartum women and continuing my own healing journey. And like I said, every little thing that I've learned, I've, um, I'm not just like, but there's a system it's in a structure, there's a syllabus. So I break it up over the 12 weeks and then you have access forever to continue, um, healing and community. But my four-step process, well, it's a three-step process, but I have a little mini one on the top. So it's intro to healing, which is where we set up the self-compassion. We really tone down the self-judgment because that sort of stuff just builds up the trauma even more. You're like re-traumatizing yourself in the moment. So, um, in, in intro to healing, when you first come into my program, we're really just melting and surrendering into where we are and accepting ourselves in our brokenness, etc. Not like an AA meeting, but like, like, okay, we're postpartum and, 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 um, here we are. I'm struggling and, and it's fine. Basically is yeah, what like, you're saying. Like, yeah, accepting, like st- we I'm stop struggling, fighting it's fine. It. I'm here. Okay. Yeah. We stop fighting yeah. it. We stop judging it. We stop wishing it would go away. We just like, here we are. Um, that being said, then we get to work. So we have three steps, calm your body, 
which is a, a lot of nervous system education and practice. We really, I'm, I'm really big on, I can't just tell you guys this stuff. We have to practice it. You got to feel it. You got to be literally changing when you leave my calls and you're yeah. so that you can use it in your real life. That's what I care about. Yeah. So calm your body, then calm your mind. And it's reframing thoughts, detecting thought patterns, getting in, in front of like an anxiety cycle so that you can literally like stop being anxious and it actually works and then calm your life so calm your body calm your mind calm your life um and calm your life is how to teach this stuff to your kids and how to continue the work um it's it's uh, i teach you some more independent self-healing exercises and guided meditations that you can do um without me so i i help you become your own healer i kind of hand off the baton to you but of course i'm still there in the lifetime community that um you get put into after you finish the 12 weeks i'm still there people are still doing their work they're asking questions they're digging in and it's so 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 beautiful so okay that's so cool i have a quick question because i i feel like i was having these thoughts so i'm sure other people are is this only for postpartum people because everything you're saying i'm like i'm like two and a half years out postpartum but like you calming would, my nervous you system, love calming <laughs> my brain and calming my life. Like, yeah. yes, please. Like that all yeah. sounds really great. And no, I'm I not just, even in postpartum. Yeah, it's for any mom. So the thing we have to remember is that postpartum is a word that we've made up and assigned a time frame to. But that means yep. nothing to our bodies. Our bodies are not textbooks and they're not linear. So you can it doesn't matter how many if you feel called to wanting a more regulated, calm life in your motherhood, welcome. Like you are Great. welcome. You do not have to identify as postpartum in any way. Okay. Okay. And that's uh, actually really common for women to come in with older kids. Okay. So because yeah, I mean, sometimes like I feel like for me, toddlers, I mean, they will rock my nervous system more than postpartum sometimes. And so that, that just sounds like a really. Yeah. It's like, just, if you just feel like you never really got to learn this stuff. Yeah. which most of us didn't like this yeah. would be the best 12 weeks it will be it will go so far for you you'll love it you'll be so glad you did it okay so um enrollment today is the 21st so we have one more week and then your enrollment closes is that right yeah one more now, week. i because i am like whatever i like it has been known for me to keep enrollment open like two or three days extra but <laughs> Technically, no, really, you should get in by March 1st because there's okay. only 12 spots. And okay, um, okay. I just have a feeling I've been promoting it a lot on your podcast and I'm teaming up with a couple other people and I feel like I've reached a lot of people this round. Yeah. So you don't want to miss out because I'm not going to make it a big group. I'm going to keep it intimate. Intimate so that you can all learn together. So whatever comes first, either March 1st or you get 12 people, enrollment closes. Okay. And between now... No, not even between now and next week. Just the next five people starting right now. The next five people who enroll get my bonus. Is that how you're yeah, structuring it? You want to okay. tell them what you're giving? Yeah. So um, just because I just believe in everything Lizzie does, and I also know that sleep plays a huge role in your postpartum experience, yeah. I am including my newborn bundle for free. So it's going to be the first four weeks guide, which will help you lay a, a healthy foundation for sleep from day one. A lot of people will say, okay, oh, we cool. got from the hospital. Do I have to wait three or four months? No. Like you can start the day you get home and then you can start sleep training with my method as early as four weeks. And so it's going to set you up not only for the first That's four so weeks, cool. but also for the first year Guess of your baby's what? life. I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be using that when I have yeah. my <laughs> <laughs> so And I'm going to be here to help you every step of the way. I can't wait. So that's also included only for the next five people who enroll. And the ebook. And, and the ebook. Yes. Yep. And the ebook, which is my signature sleep training method. It's going to walk you through everything you need to know in order to teach your baby how to sleep. The goal is 12 weeks by three to four months. So it's just going to set you up. 
You mean 12, 12 hours. hours. What did I say? <laughs> you said 12 what? weeks. No, I got oh you. Oh my I gosh. 12 hours. By 12 by weeks. Three, by 12 weeks. Yeah. 12 hours by 12 weeks. That's what I meant to say. That's You're right. So cool. 12 hours by 12 weeks. And it's just going to give you everything you need to know. It's going to talk about naps. It's going to talk about just everything you're going to yeah. face. Um, yeah. Don't be mad though if those life. bonuses. Are, don't be mad if those bonuses are gone, guys. We can't guarantee that you get one. You just need yeah, to yeah. It. <laughs> just the next five people. Um, and, and this podcast gone. is coming out pretty close to the closing of enrollment. So if they're already gone, don't worry. I'm sure we can figure something out. We to can help figure something out. Just email me or well, email Lizzie, and then yeah, we'll talk. Be about like, it. I heard that podcast episode, but all the bonuses are gone. We'll take care of you. Don't worry. Yeah, now. yeah, we'll take care of you. <laughs> Maybe if you're lucky. Okay. <laughs> is there anything is there anything else you want to add? This I just feel like there's so much information in here that's so helpful. Yeah. Um, you're changing lives and I am just I'm just grateful for what you do because it's needed. It's very, very, very oh, needed. It is. Um, I yeah, yeah. I think just go to lizzielangston.com forward slash program because there's a frequently asked questions section and okay. you can always reach out to me you guys i'm on instagram so i'm at lizzie that's l-i-z-z-i-e dot postpartum coach on instagram okay. and i'm on there like almost daily probably so you can just reach out to me personally and let me know that you want to are interested in joining um i have some free stuff on my website if you feel like you want to get to know me a little bit better you could just go to lizzielangston.com just my homepage, and there's like a free postpartum meditation a guided meditation that I walk you through. It's really beautiful. There's also a free mini course, get out of the postpartum rut. Um, and, but I will say that the course is what they all point you towards. It's where my, my stuff is. I do have a podcast totally. too. That's another great way to get to know me. So if you love podcast listening, um, I'm the postpartum coach podcast. Um, but don't wait, don't sit on it because every moment when you know, you're not at your normal, like, life could be so much better so much better like that's that's literally my biggest and i don't like to say regret because like i didn't know it at the time so no. there's not i couldn't have made right. a different decision i don't think but like i just wish i would have known sooner i mm -hmm. wish i would have known sooner and done i wish something. i would and done if you something know sooner. then you can do something so now you exactly. guys know so now you need to do something exactly. like decide what you're whether you're gonna get sleep help or you're gonna do the program or you're gonna do both and be one of the five people that get yeah. both. <laughs> Deal. totally um, totally like do something don't let because your motherhood's so so precious and you're and worth it you you're worth things. it i i yeah. like kind of can't stand when people are like okay i shouldn't say that that was rude no you should um okay i kind <laughs> of can't stand when, when people are like oh but i i don't want to pay for that right now and i'm like okay but like it's your life yeah you just like don't go to chick-fil-a for like you know a couple weeks like just eat some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches don't buy those new jeans for a couple weeks if you like do what you do what you need to to invest yeah. in yourself you are yeah. worth it yeah. your mental health is worth it it is like i think people are quick i don't know people are just quick to spend money on in other areas yeah but they they feel guilty and they will not spend money on themselves and their mental health and you can't put a price tag on that you just can't yeah and I will say that one of the biggest learning curves for me of my mental health crises is it completely rearranged. If I if I had a budget, because I don't really have one, but if I did, the priorities would have been mental health would have shot to the top, and it, totally. it used to be at the bottom. It, it didn't. It was never a struggle. And so this just might be a turning point in your life where 
you've already lived the part of your life where you didn't really need to spend money on mental health and you know sleep training health and whatever like like these sort of extra expenses and now you do welcome to motherhood like there it costs money to just mm-hmm. like your your partner might have a career or you might have a career and it you, it costs money to get trained to get educated so that you can be productive at your job same thing here it's not yes. different yeah, yes. you deserve it. Yeah, for sure. It's a big job. <laughs> totally. And I know people are in different fina- financial situations, which is why I didn't want to say like, oh, I hate when people say they can't spend money because the people yeah. like they say they can't. But also it's like if you were to look down and like, you know, look at your finances. Okay, where can I put yeah. some money aside to invest mm-hmm. in my health? It's just it's just so worth it. That's all I have to say. It's, it's, it's worth, worth it worth to invest in yourself. You are worth it. Yeah. And there's payment plans. Oh and God. there's payment oh. plans. What? Okay. Wait, tell us about that real quick. Well, I guess, no, you know what? I will, I will link all this in yeah. the show notes. Like lithylangston.com forward slash program. Okay. I'll link that in the show notes. I'll link your Instagram, your, po- like just anything you need, yeah. any information. We got you, boo. You need, I got you covered. I will put it in the show notes. You, just, you can find Lizzie there. Just take care of that baby. Try to get all the sleep you can and come check out the program when you have yes. it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Lizzie, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being here today. You're the best. And I just, I just can't wait to see how many people, you know, their lives are changed because of Hop you. In. So I thank you and sending love to all the mommies out there. So good to be yes. with you. Okay. Have a good day, Lizzie. Okay. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. If you want to learn more about the resources I have to offer, head to thesleepfairyway.com or follow me on Instagram at the underscore sleep fairy. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time.